Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello guys and welcome to this week's episode of Free and Figuring It Out. So, this week I have been figuring out mindfulness, which is a word that has always triggered me. I've never really understood and I'm, because I'm very spiritual, I'm like a meditation girl. I think meditation is pure and holy and all that jazz, but let's face it, I'm not the best at it and I don't do it as much as I should. And so mindfulness, I suppose, is like this, um, I don't know, more like uh, something that fits in your day-to-day easily. Mm-hmm. That's not even a word. I've made it up now. It's there. <laughs> so um, basically, me, me and Sherelle actually randomly, obviously, virtually went to the same um, online um, like expo, expo, women in business, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word because I've never heard of anything called Expo before. Um, and I went to a talk uh, by Ruby Wax, who, for those of you who don't know, is a, a comedian, but she's also um, done a master's at Oxford to learn all about um, the mm. brain and mindfulness. Um, she has a history of mental health um, and she just was like, she did all the research and she was like, what is the thing? the number one thing that helps with like mental health, whether that's depression, anxiety, et cetera. Um, and she discovered it was mindfulness. So then she was like, right, I need to learn about this. And rather than just kind of reading a dummy's guide to mindfulness, she went and did a whole degree in it. So she could truly understand the brain and stuff. So when she came on to this talk, you know, I, I just, I really warmed her as a speaker because she's very, dry and that humor really helps talk about a subject that can be quite difficult I think um so yeah so she spoke about it and then you could ask questions so I asked a question and she answered it the sweetheart so I just basically said like for someone who has depression which I do like what is the best book of yours to start with you know so I can because I want to myself like really start to gain control of, of my depression and my mental health so she said um, this uh, book, A Mindfulness Guide for the Frazzled. So that's what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting. I think I've warmed to mindfulness. Um, within the book, she explains a lot about the brain. And there's also a six-week course in there for you to do. Very simple, very gentle um, for example, week one, the mindfulness exercise is kind of you take like a piece of chocolate, hold it in your hand, look at it for a minute, think about all the things you feel about, <laughs> put it in your mouth, don't chew, don't do anything for a minute, just hold it there again, you know, see how it feels and then chew it. And just really, it's, I suppose, the ultimate way of being present. Mm. Um, and I'm just really a bit like her, you know, I am determined to find a way to um, support myself day to day. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm starting to slowly learn. I think it's like any habit as you, 
we both know Sherelle, it's like building a muscle. So I think it's something that we need, you know, I need to do every day and she's given little tasks and exercises, but I really do like learning the practical side of these things. I really do like, okay, well, how does my brain work? What bits are where? Like, why does this happen? Why do I feel the way I do? So, um, yeah, I've been figuring out mindfulness and it feels like a quite an empowering thing to do. Mm, That sounds really interesting. And how crazy and mad that Ruby thought oh I want to learn about it so I'm going to go and do a whole degree on it but I I think I am a big advocate of us all learning more about our bodies and our brains and like I think we unfortunately it's weird when you think it like is the most important thing about us but most of us don't know enough about it Mm. like what did we learn in science like come on I feel like that (laughs) I I think we learned how to cook a pig's heart open and that's literally all I can remember and about Bunsen burners that's it but do you know what I mean it's like actually <laughs> really understanding how to keep our body healthy and how to keep our mind healthy is probably the mm. things that are more important than anything else so it sounds like a really good um book and like something that I suppose so many people could gain value from because I think yeah it's that interesting thing about meditation versus mindfulness and like meditation is like okay I'm going to be really present for this amount of time but mindfulness is like how do I incorporate it into my, my day-to-day like how do I keep yeah. always being present and we spoke briefly before we came on just about being present is I really struggle with it and it is hard to just yeah. like stay here not thinking backwards not thinking forwards and just actually being right in this moment um so it definitely is a muscle that you have to practice, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, this week I have been figuring out moving because I am moving again. And oh my gosh, 2020, 2020. <laughs> Obviously, there's so many reasons why we hate it, but I have I've decided that this will be basically end up the sixth time I've had to move like some of my stuff in some description. Oh so I started the year at home. Then I ended up having to live in a hotel for a month, live with my best friend. <laughs> I went to live with my mum and now I'm in my temporary accommodation and I'm moving back home. So I'm like, oh my gosh. But the one of the biggest things is, um, one, I'm a massive home bird. I properly attach myself to my cancer personality here and I'm like, home mm. is like my heart. So having to move that much, given all the extra turbulence has been hard. And we do speak a bit about my love of home sweet home in episode 63 but also packing up my stuff so at some points this year I've had like two suitcases with me I've had at one point I had like two suitcases and then a few more boxes um (laughs) at the moment I've had all of my stuff back in my life but I hadn't unpacked most of it because I knew I'd only be there for a few months and then moving on and so it's just making me think a lot about I suppose what do I actually need in my life and it's that it's a balance between yeah what, what stuff like do I need and what does make things feel home and so all that is what's going through my head at the moment and I'm being like should I just be in all the boxes that I never opened but there is some stuff that I know that's been in there but I just thought I can't bother to go and get it I know I'll just get it when I like when I'm reunited and then I'm like oh so yeah we had an episode we talked about Marie Kondo and decluttering in episode 23 mm. and I was like I'm gonna have to go back to that and I want to be really conscious when I unbox everything, basically, I've decided. So when I unbox everything, I'm going to be really intentional and be like, actually just do the exercise box by box. Does this bring me joy? Do I need this back in my life? Or actually, it's now the time just to get rid of it. And I think what will be interesting is because if 
you declutter and if I have less things it does have an implication then how big a home you need um and actually recently I came across someone had put a post about like people that have loads of stuff in storage and how much it's costing and also there's lots of people that talk about like downsizing and people have these big houses that are full of stuff and it's Mm -hmm. like you just fill it and fill it and actually if you get to a point where you know you need less I suppose it opens up the opportunities of then what I could call my new home to be. So yeah, so going to be interesting time. So next time I record, who knows what, who knows it'll be a new place again. And hopefully, Boaty's like, I'm so bored of seeing her all over the shop. When are you going to get back in the cupboard? Who knows what I'm ever going to get back in the cupboard? For those who are not an original listener, when we first started the podcast back in episode one, I used to record in the cupboard. <laughs> oh, I miss the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you've had to move. So it has been a real, <laughs> yeah. And as a fellow Cancerian, I get it. You, this year for you sounds like my like 2016. I think I moved about six times, and it's exhausting. And and there wasn't a pandemic going on then, so yeah, I, I get it. I have a sympathy, but I think it'll be quite cathartic when mm. you really like. And again, it's I suppose it's being present, isn't it? It's opening a box and looking at something and thinking, does this bring me joy? Is it useful? do I love it and if it's a no then it, it goes to charity or eBay or you know whatever so well good luck thank you <laughs> um so I have um I read a, an article this week that really sparked thinking it wasn't necessarily the article the article was was lovely and but it, it was it was more like what it was about and it was called dramatic pause and it was in vogue and it was about um how theatres have had to pause mm-hmm. um, during COVID. And I think this period of time um, has made me realise what a big part of my life, like um, I suppose musical theatre or musical sound is. Mm. And I try not to regret, but I do think I regret not seeing more shows when I lived in London like I did I did see quite a few um and I'll tell you what the reason I didn't was because of cost Mm. but now I'm a older and wiser um I wish I'd have had like a few less cocktails or a few less glasses of wine so I could buy that theatre ticket yeah because every time I did go to the theatre I mean it just hit me in my heart so much I have so many friends like you Sherelle in theatre in the arts in you know creative capacities that have had to be stopped and um you know the government are being the least helpful they can with the arts community and yeah it's just really made me think like when all this is done (laughs) whenever that is I do think that may be a key part of my life like going to theatre and just relishing it like really really and there's um and they, they basically in this article interview like quite a few different um actors some well-known and, and, and some not um and one is called Indira Varma and she says about how theatre is an escapism and it's something that I mentioned to my flatmates recently I and it's to do with mindfulness as well like 
I don't really have an escape anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not very good at reading fiction, like usual. Mm. And, um, you know, we watched a film the other night that was like a thriller and I realized how present I was for it. And it was a really lovely feeling that for that hour, hour and a half, all I did was watch the film. Mm. And I think I need to introduce more of those things into my life where I am so engrossed that I don't think about my phone. I don't think about my business. I don't think about the message or anything like that. And I'm just there with what's in front of me something that brings me joy as well so yeah I am going to be one of the first to rush <laughs> to the theatres when things um come back to normal yeah I think there's two really important things um obviously some people don't know so my whole background performing arts and live arts my marketing background has been with theatres so most of my best friends are all for marketing agencies theatre owners ticket agents so yeah it's been very very difficult year um and I I would probably say I would go to the theater at least once a week I mean there are some weeks where I'd have gone three times a week and it's funny mm. because quite often the opening seasons are quite um close to each other so there's like especially February March and then like October you can have back-to-back press nights and I remember being like oh this is just too much and we'll be like I don't have two black dresses what am I meant to wear tomorrow now I've had to wear it today (laughs) and this feeling of like it was a bit drudgery and now to do none of it like it is so so weird like it's so weird and you really don't realize how much you love something until it's gone but I think the point you made about escapism is so important to me because I don't read book I mean I don't read fiction I don't read that often watch telly and actually now I'm forcing myself to probably watch more because I'm like, I have to do something to mm-hmm. be able to escape in some way, shape or form because I don't have the theatre to go to. And I used to go to theatre and go to the events in the evening and that probably was how I like turned off part of my brain and was present in what activities I'm doing. And it it is a great form of escapism and a great form of joy. And I I love musicals. Like nothing makes me happier and like when you're sitting there and you can and I'm singing along I'm not meant to be and I'm like just humming along in my seat <laughs> and it's just like everyone's singing and balancing and you're like they're all so talented and it just brings you like so much happiness and so yeah I definitely definitely hope that they we get to open theatres again soon and that people do come back because it's also going to be really really tough in terms of financially for a lot of people to put the shows back on so I really do hope people Mm. do actually come back and watch because I think there's a lot of people that are it's we're not they're not going to have the security anymore theatre is not a very great financial uh model anyway if that makes sense it's quite hard for a Mm. lot of shows to make money so it's definitely going to be tough times even when we get to reopen to actually make sure enough shows get to stay on so I really really am keeping everything crossed because we do need theatre in our lives that is absolutely for sure yeah definitely definitely yeah so yeah I'm hoping it'll be sooner rather than later that I feel like there might be a new normal and we will have to wear a mask and we'll have to social distance but we'll get to sit in a theatre and watch a show I'm, oh I'm yeah I mean just before we went back into lockdown so my actual old uh one of the companies I worked for Nomad Theatres they had opened a, they'd opened I think one and they had a schedule for the rest opening and currently they're all uh actually I was at conference this week where they're talking about everything's in place for them all to be socially distanced open within a week from when we get out right. of this lockdown so um I do think yeah. some other people will 
follow suit but yeah we just need the government to give us the a-ok again mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. with no theater i'm just sitting at home reading obviously and this week i was reading the one page marketing plan by alan dibb and poor alan sent me this book <laughs> so i can't even remember how long ago i was like please can you read it and review it and i put it on my bookshelf and had totally totally forgotten about it however i am massively in uh, planning mode at the moment so i thought actually let me give it a read and i think it is a really useful way for someone who doesn't have a marketing background and is trying to make a simple but comprehensive marketing plan for their business it's a good way of being able to do it because he basically walks you through nine different steps that you need to consider and it does ensure that you've got i suppose the you've done the foundational work about like what you're offering who you're offering it to why it's important to them it talks about actually how to start marketing yourself but then also like actually how to turn those into sales and to get return custom so from my perspective it's very uh from beginning all the way through to the end and doing the loop back that you're meant to do and obviously it's not some people don't do the loop back at the end so it feels very comprehensive however it's not you're not going to end up with lots of paperwork what he wants you to make is something that's on one page it is something simple that does mean that you can refer to it it's not a document that's going to sit there and like burn up i've actually read it i think in about three nights (laughs) because <laughs> it's like nine blocks and three 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 um so i found it quite easy to read obviously i do have a marketing background so probably i read it a little bit quicker than the average person but i think if you're someone who uh runs your own business and you want to improve your marketing then it's probably a, like a really good intro easy one sort of stop shop book mm, yeah no that that does sound good i think um marketing is something that i think people don't always put priority on or especially at the minute people have had to pivot in businesses and so the marketing has just become maybe a little bit disconnected from their sort of new um you know purpose their new way of doing business and so um obviously both being marketers we know how important it is to feed into those sales and get those profits and stuff um but yeah i know that book sounds sounds good i've not read a marketing book for a while i know i (laughs) well it's quite interesting because i think i realize i read more business in general books Mm. than marketing specifically um yeah and i think obviously maybe it's because i think i don't at that time probably i didn't think i needed it um and i think in I'm more likely to read something that's marketing a very specific area, whereas obviously this is quite mm. um, generic and overall. But no, I definitely, um, I think you hit a really good point around with people pivoting. And it's that sort of like checking back in. And it's easy sometimes, no matter how long you've been in business, that you do some of this stuff in the beginning, especially something like the research and the foundations and the analysis. You do that in the beginning and then you just never look at it ever again. And actually, you know, every now and again you do need to go back and make sure actually is everything still aligned is everything still true hey it's Sherelle here did you just listen to me talk about the one page marketing plan and think I need a marketing plan for my business if so you can totally do it by yourself but if you prefer to work with a marketing expert 
by your side, then my 2021 strategy day is perfect for you. In just one day, I'll work with you to make your own bespoke marketing plan that will last you for the whole of 2021. You will know exactly what you need to do to ensure the right message is seen by the right person and ultimately make more sales in your business. Does that sound good? Well, if you want to book a 2021 strategy day, you can find out all the information at sherellegriffith.com and there'll be a link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. While you've been reading that, I've been listening to podcasts, which I don't listen to that many anymore. We had this conversation, didn't we? We both went through this break and now I just dabble. Um, but um, and this go, this takes me right back to my, as we call it, woo-woo journey, um, <laughs> to Gabby Bernstein, who was interviewed by Fern Cotton. And um, I think um, her Universe Has Your Back was like one of the first books that I read to do with like spirituality, manifestation, law of attraction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was a bit like, I, I don't know, something doesn't click with me with her. So I was a bit, mm, not sure if I want to listen to this, but my flatmate listened to it and she was like, oh, this, she talks about this, this and this. And I was like, oh, I kind of need to hear that at the minute. And I really love Fern. So I gave it a go, but I just wanted to, I wrote a few notes, which I never really do. So obviously it meant it was something <laughs> that went in, um, but I just thought I'd share them um, just in case someone needs to hear them right now. Um, so she did talk a little bit, and this is important for me about when you're trying to manifest or use law of attraction when you're not on your highest vibration yourself. So that could be due to COVID. You could just be feeling a bit low because life is just not normal and it's hard. Or like we said in the beginning, it could be due to some sort of mental health issue that you have. But where it's it's not a case of, oh, just change your perspective and everything will be, you know, it's like you are really at a low vibration and it's not much you can do to raise that. And I think something that, you know, she said, which I think we forget and I do and I get overwhelmed is like just taking small steps. So like really tiny, tiny steps. And she spoke about the kind of levels of emotion. Um, I'll pop a link in the show notes, but how like um, despair is like one of the lowest emotions. And even if you go up to anger, it's a higher vibration than despair. So even though we see anger as negative, it's I think having been through like periods of life where I felt numb that is the worst because you have there's nothing like you just feel empty and numb so at least when I feel angry or jealous or whatever at least I'm feeling and I can hold on to that and move it up again so that was quite an interesting so rather than being like oh just you know like you'll be fine. Like imagine things are great and you know, which can get quite draining when, when you really are struggling at a low vibration. Um, so some, she said something about when, when you're happy and aligned, what you desire will come to you naturally. So, and this is something I read in another article as well recently, rather than like make, so say for instance, you, um, want, 20,000 pounds rather than making 20,000 pound like the 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 everything whilst you're feeling of, of a low vibration like try and make being at a high vibration the end goal because mm-hmm. everything else will then come 
And I think that was a really good point because you're so fixated. And she, she spoke about people called manic manifestors <laughs> where you're like, I'm doing the meditations, I'm doing the affirmations, I'm doing the mantras, I'm doing the journaling, I'm doing da, 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 da. And you're like, why is it not happening? Why is it not happening like this? And you get really annoyed. And I've had so have periods of my life where I'm like, I'm doing everything. Why am I not being rewarded for this? You know? And it's because you, you just doing it on such a, a gentle, like a, what's the word? Um, like not a deep level, you know, like surface, surface level, like it's all very like tick, 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 rather than really going in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was quite interesting. And so, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a really good point about, you know, if you are feeling low or, or whatever, however you want to describe it, like why not just aim for feeling better? Like, and then, and then go, go bigger on your manifestation because it is true, isn't it? Like things will start to naturally fall. And it's, and it is all those little like drops of just signs or things going right or things coming to you. And, um, and the other big thing, which I think we always have to remind ourselves with in the realms of manifestation stuff is like, and it's frustrating, but that whole thing of like, if it doesn't come, then something better's there. <laughs> and sometimes I think, oh, for the love of like, oh, yeah, whatever. But you, I think you have to hold on to it. Like you, you do, you, you know, and the way I see it is like, okay, so if I don't get 20 grand, is that because 50 grand's around the corner? Oh yeah, that 50K is waiting for you. <laughs> That's how I see it. But um, so, and she said about like just surrendering, which again is a funny subject because people are like, well, what do I do? Just like do nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, it's not, it's not what she say. It's not like giving in, it's letting go yeah. sort of thing. So it's still, it's still taking action. It's still, but it's not like every day being like 50 grand, 50 grand, 50 grand. You know, it's, it's kind of just, um, allowing trust in the universe holding that space and then allowing what needs to come to you to come to you um yeah and and that was kind of like the main um stuff of it. but it was just interesting because it wasn't your regular like law of attraction like this is how you manifest rah, rah, rah. she's just uh, done an audio book um to do with covid feeling low and like manifestation so that's what she was kind of talking about so yeah it was really interesting the thing that you said about like raising your vibrations and like despair is below anger and like how do you move it up for anyone who's listening and feels like oh yeah that's me and I don't really know how to move it I'd really recommend I think it's asking it is given because mm, that yeah. book specifically I can't remember how many ta- how many different manifestation tools it gives you but it always says at the beginning it says like this is a great one to do if you're between this vibration and this vibration yeah and so it's a really good one to be able to, rather than you get all of these tools and all these tips and you don't know what to do, it goes through the different levels in the first half of the book. And then in the second half of the book, you can find, it will always tell you what, what uh, like if you're between X and Y, which ones you can do. So it means you actually can purposefully look for some, if you are quite low at that time, that are that range. And like you said, then it is more likely to be, tasks that are trying to help you just raise your vibration rather than you like you said you're going for a massive goal something really big and your vibrations aren't there like they're actually designed to raise your vibration rather than necessary to a Mm. point where then you can be the match that you need to be so I definitely would recommend um that 
Yeah, I, lo- I absolutely love that book. I think yeah. I need to go. You just reminded me it's probably a good place to go back to as well. But um, yeah, really recommend that podcast. It's like 45 minutes, just a really nice conversation. Like I say, I love, I love Fern. At the end, like Gabby's like, can we be friends? And Fern's like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love how just, no, she just feels very normal, doesn't she? You know, which is nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've, I can honestly say I've never listened to Fern's podcast. <gasps> have you not because no. in my head she's oh, got a radio she... show so she should stay in radio land and leave podcast to us she uh... had a radio show like 10 years ago <laughs> oh, i thought she still had one that time so i don't listen to the radio um <laughs> i don't uh... listen to the radio but as i said earlier i am watching a bit more a few more films than usual because i'm trying to give myself a break in the evening and this week i list- i watched some I mean, I don't understand what on earth it even was. However, there's a reason why I'm going to share it. So it's called Holiday. <laughs> and, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Can't you tell we're getting into the Christmas TV se- um, mm. scene? And it features a single woman who is the only single person left in her family. And she starts like at Christmas and everyone's like, her mum's trying to set her up with people. And everyone's like, when are you going to settle down? And, you know, we all know that if you're single still right now and you go home at Christmas, um, you know that feeling for sure. But um, she has an auntie in the family who always turns up with someone who is classed as a holiday. And the idea is it's not some, it's someone who just specifically will come to holiday events. So like whether it's Christmas, Easter, etc., with you. So you've always got someone you're not trying, you're not that awkward thing where it's the third date and then you're trying to bring them to your family and yeah. <laughs> you're like, this is a complete disaster. Yeah. And so you don't sit there by yourself. And so it then carries on, but I'm not going to spoil anything else. However, it just made me think a lot about, I suppose, the holidays, being single. We have got an episode before where we spoke about the pressures of Christmas and being single. And I was like, that was right back at one of the first episodes in 2018 we did. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but is any of that going to even matter this year? Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to have to go, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to go to a New Year's Eve party and be like, oh, there's no one to kiss at midnight because I ain't going to no New Year's Eve party. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I might eat, I'm not going to be with any probably extended family to feel at Christmas dinner that I'm the only one that's not there with someone next to them. So, and yeah, it just made me think, oh, actually, maybe this is like, there may be a secret silver lining this year will be it won't be as bad to be single because there's like no one to ask you awkward questions about it yeah yeah no I I completely get that and I suppose another element of it is um like all those like awkward office party where the IT guy tries to make a move on you and think, you know, like you don't need to deal with any of that this year. Either. <laughs> I think I actually did you know talk to I mean? the IT guy at my Christmas party last year. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Not Gemini, I'm sorry. I'm sure most IT guys are lovely. Yeah, this guy actually isn't that awkward. But yeah, you just... But yeah, like- I- it's it's an interesting concept i mean it it's i mean the whole film sounds a, a lovely cliche that i can't wait to watch um but yeah i think you're right i think being single at christmas is always um a trigger mm. in whatever way i think for me when i was single it it was 
like a, a reminder to me that I was singing, you know, like I, which it not in a bad way, but I just, I don't know, Christmas sometimes like um, shines a light on your situation. I think whether you're in a relationship, whether you're single, whether you're, you know, whatever. But also I think there's always that new year, like, thing mm. there so you're always like okay next year this yeah. is what I want my life to look like and so it's a bit of a mix I think um so yeah it is interesting though that there's just gonna be no like oh it makes me sad but no gatherings of any sort um I mean I'm sure that I mean that there may be like small pub gatherings with masks on and I don't I don't know I don't know but yeah so how how are you feeling like going into Christmas being single during COVID like what is it what did it bring up for you so my mum was like just like oh I was like there's no point even thinking about anything until we find out like maybe if we are allowed to see anyone else outside of our <laughs> houses by then. I thought yeah. there's no point even thinking about it. There's no point stressing about it or anything. Um, and it, I think it's, it's one of those weird things where I think I, I really like Christmas for like all the parties normally before Christmas. And I don't really mind all of that. I think is like great to be single and I love that. And that's a part that I like. So the fact I'm not getting that and instead I probably am just going to get a very boring Christmas day. And if I was with someone, at least I'd be probably with someone a bit more fun than just my mum or just my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, can, I can feel, I could feel a bit like, oh yeah, it'd be a little bit better if I was with someone. But actually I feel... Uh, like I feel like I'm missing out the best bit of being single Christmas and probably getting then le- the like the boring bit of it if that makes sense but I've actually not been that yeah. I'm not that negative about it I feel like actually mm-hmm. I think compared to normal being single is like the at Christmas is the least of my worries rather than just having been single and I haven't been able to date all year if that makes sense like mm-hmm. there's other things that mm-hmm. feel more pressing than the fact that oh my god there's like a week because also it's normally one of the reasons why I find it quite hard is because you're not really, there's a few days where you're not, you're just meant to be with your family. You're not really meant to see your friends because they're with their family and all my, all my friends yeah. all are in relationships and have partners and kids and everything. So then I'm like, oh, this is boring. But I'm like, life, life is just boring right now. What dif- what difference is it? <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah, true. It's not like you're going to arrange like some sort of lovely gathering and like some people may not be able to show because they're busy with family or it's just like, it's just, just everything's kind of cancelled in the way. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, like what I've been hearing a lot and it's kind of how I feel is like the main goal is for me to be able to spend Christmas with the people I want to spend Christmas like that kind of everything else is just plus, you know, like that's it really. Um, And I'm sure that will happen. I, I yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't feel like anyone is doing this lockdown properly at the minute that we're in this four-week lockdown at all. Like, genuinely, like, I think it's a complete waste of time. Um, but, um, you know, I think if they just said you can't do whatever you want for Christmas, I just think everyone would ignore them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we'll definitely be able to be with who we choose to be with. Um, but, yeah, I think, and something just, I suppose, like, to, to kind of round that up, but... Um, something that I keep hearing about is how important relationships are. And I'm not talking romantic, but just generally relationships mm-hmm. are in being happy, having fulfilling life and stuff. And um, 
yeah, I just feel at the minute that's quite hard to sustain, you know, in, with, you know, doing it virtually, doing it Zoom, doing it. And um, I wonder if Christmas will be that little bit of tonic just to help us top up on those like, you know, relationships, like people around us are actually being physically close to people and um, get us through to <laughs> Easter, maybe. <laughs> Will I get an Easter egg hunt? Uh, Will I get an Easter egg hunt? Yeah, that's the thing because I normally have um, like a dinner with my best friends from home, and some they've got kids, and I like dress up as Mrs. Santa Claus and give out the presents. We do Secret Santa, and I'm such uh, I'm such a holiday person, like, and I always do the Easter egg hunt and all that stuff. So it is very, very, and I, I suppose actually maybe that's why I don't, in some way, feel the pressure about some of the holidays because I purposely do things around them like I you know yeah. like I've got activities booked in and I've got things so mm. it means that I don't sit there and think oh um like actually I don't spend that much time with my family and therefore I sit around a table where it is just couple 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 um so then I feel the pressure in that same way maybe that's why well I suppose if only you could see me right now I'm shimmying <laughs> She's shimmying. She's she's and she's in red. It's like almost there. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm going to bring the mood totally down now and dark. But I watched like a gothic thriller. <laughs> so, um, don't roll your eyes at me. Um, it was on Netflix. It's called Rebecca. It's actually based on like a novel that's I think nearly a hundred years old. I think it was uh, written in the 1930s. Basically, the synopsis is uh, a young newlywed arrives at her husband's imposing family estate on a windswept English coast and finds herself battling at the shadow of his first wife, Rebecca, whose legacy lives on in the house long after her death. And um, yeah, it's um, it's good. It, it's engaging. It's two hours. We did it in two halves because... We're a bit like that at where we live. What's we can't wrong with it. you. You can't do two hours. Um, and yeah, it was um, just yeah. I just recommend it. It was a. It was again. It was a nice escape. It was a little bit like well, like a gothic thriller. So it wasn't blood and gore and everything but it was that more mind game like you know okay. what's going on where's the wife what's this thing that we keep seeing what's that room you know it was all very um kind of constantly trying to suss it out um who's the baddie who's the goodie all, all of that um obviously beautiful fashion like based in like the 1930s um and yeah just just a really engaging script i suppose um and probably the complete opposite of holiday so depending yeah. on what mood you in, and we've given you two options <laughs> I did also read that it was loosely based on Jane Eyre which is like my favorite book mm. and I can see that there's an there's an element to it throughout the storyline um so yeah I do recommend that on Netflix well there you go if you want something cheerful watch holiday if you want something dark watch Rebecca and thank you so much for listening today that is everything we are going to talk about as always we would absolutely love to hear from you so you can find us on instagram at free and figuring it out and you can email us at free and figuring it out at gmail.com and don't forget if you enjoy this episode please do rate it review it share it with your friends help everyone else who's out there to get some joy in their ears and we will speak to you next week 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.